This is the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for October and November of 2018. Combines are rolling across the American Midwest, Ontario and Quebec. Big crops are creating grain piles all over the farm country amid some of the worst harvest weather in years. Heavy rains have inundated parts of Iowa and many other U.S. states, causing all types of harvest problems. Is one of the biggest crops ever in the United States? How big is the real question, especially with the damaging harvest weather? On October 11th, USDA weighed in with their latest crop estimates. The big news from USDA came in the soybean complex, where the USDA said farmers would harvest 53.1 bushels per acre of soybeans, up from 52.8 bushels per acre they had predicted last month. This put overall soybean production of 4.69 billion bushels, about the same as last month. And the new crop soybeans ending stocks have ballooned up to 885 million bushels, which is up 40 million bushels from last month. The 885 number is huge, reflecting the big production, but also the problems with the lack of Chinese demand. U.S. ending stocks for wheat were forecast to be 956 million bushels, up 21 million bushels from last month. Global wheat production was lowered by 2.08 million metric tons, reflecting some of the problems in Europe and Australia. On October 13th, corn, soybeans, and wheat futures were higher than the last Market Trends report. December 2018 corn futures were at 373 a bushel. The November 2018 soybean futures were at 867 a bushel. And the December 2018 Chicago wheat futures closed at $5.17 a bushel. And the Minneapolis December 2018 wheat futures closed at 596 a bushel with the September 2019 contract closing at $6.18 a bushel. The nearby oil futures as of October 13th closed at $71.34 a barrel, up from the nearby futures of last month of $68.99 a barrel, and the average price for ethanol on October 13th in the U.S. was $1.15 a U.S. gallon, about the same as last month. And the Canadian dollar noon rate on October 13th was 0.7674 U.S., remarkably the same 0.7674 U.S. reported here last month. And the Bank of Canada's lending rate remained at 1.25%. Now in Ontario, harvest weather has varied across the province with heavy rains inundating some production areas. This has caused widespread problems as harvest has been delayed in many parts of the province. Of course, this tends to pile up at this time of year as a delayed harvest means delayed wheat planting, which is never optimal. For instance, in the deep southwest of Ontario, many producers are questioning whether they will get any wheat planted in 2018. With the delayed soybean harvest in parts of Ontario, many producers have switched over to corn. In fact, it has started the harvest dance in some areas where corn is harvested in the morning and soybeans possibly in the late afternoon. Yields have been impressive, especially on the soybean side. The hope is to get an extended window of sunny, windy weather to bring the soybean crop in. As of October 13th, it looks like wheat acreage in Ontario this year may be cut back substantially. Corn basis values for the crop coming out of the field have fallen from the September levels, which reflect the switchover from old crop to new crop. Ontario's soybean basis levels have actually increased from last month, reflecting the unique situation of U.S. soybeans being so much cheaper than Canadian source soybeans. In theory, all Canadian soybeans should be shipped out and replaced with cheaper U.S. soybeans for domestic consumption. Needless to say, it has resulted in higher Canadian basis values. And you can access all our Ontario crop prices by going to the marketing section of our website. Now the bottom line is it might be rainy in the American Midwest, but the crop is still there. 
and these are bearish times. It looks like, as of now, the seasonal lows in both corn and soybeans were made in September. However, it's probably not all blue skies ahead, especially at a time when the trade war continues to rage between the United States and China. A ray of hope for some type of breakthrough may exist when President Trump meets with Chinese leader Xi at the end of November in Argentina during the G20 meeting. Soybean export demand from the United States into China has almost been non-existent. This has been reflected in a moribund cash market for soybeans, especially in the Dakotas, where usually soybeans were shipped to the Pacific Northwest ports destined for China. Now that door has been slammed shut and basis has backed up across American farm country. Now keep in mind, none of this will be easy. Even if things change tomorrow, grain flows have been disrupted and it would take time to return to what we knew as normal. The overabundance of soybeans in the United States is real and it will take a long time to bring those stocks down. There will likely be a big reduction in soybean acres in 2019, but that doesn't help for sales right now. Yes, geopolitics matters and in 2018, the soybean market, that lesson was laid out plainly. The reduction in corn yield from USDA was very telling and may reflect further reductions. For instance, some private crop estimators in the United States are pegging corn production in the 14.5 billion bushel range versus 14.8 for the USDA. Needless to say, either number is huge and will likely only affect price marginally if the lower range is right. Of course, we all know that the USDA changes these numbers indiscriminately and sometimes the final crop numbers are changed right into September the following year. For corn, the lower corn yield from USDA signaled this big crop might not be getting bigger. In fact, with all the terrible harvest weather in the United States, with sprouting taking place at certain locations in both corn and soybeans, it presents a likelihood that this corn yield might go down further. The October 11 estimates were taken before much of the heavy rainfall set into the Midwest. U.S. corn is benefiting because it is one of the cheapest feed grains on the world market today. For instance, early shipments in the 2018-19 crop are up 67% from a year ago. We know in agriculture that cheap always wins, and at least for the moment, this is being reflected in increased demand for U.S. corn. The December 2018-March 2019 corn futures spread is currently at minus 12 cents, which is considered neutral. Seasonally, corn futures prices tend to trade higher from early October into the winter, and the December corn contract is currently priced in the 33rd percentile of the past five-year price distribution range. For soybeans, well, they have rallied a bit lately, reflecting some kind of unusual exuberance. Simply put, when USDA announced that soybean carryout was pegged at 885 million bushels, many traders took that as a slightly bullish, as some had expected it to go higher. Needless to say, there's nothing bullish about that number. Clearly, everybody can see that there needs to be fewer soybeans grown in the United States next year. Those soybean acres will likely go into wheat, cotton, and corn, and those ending stocks need to be eroded away to give U.S. soybeans some type of big price appreciation of the future. The November 2018-March 2019 soybean future spread is currently at minus 27 cents, which is considered neutral, and the November soybean contract is currently priced in the 8th percentile of the past five-year price distribution range, slightly higher than last month when it was at the lowest price in nine years. Seasonally, soybean futures prices tend to trend up from October into winter. Now, for wheat, production problems in Europe and Australia and other regions of the world have helped reduce global ending stocks for wheat. 
However, this has not been reflected in increased exports from the United States. Chicago wheat futures seem range-bound between 510 and 530 per bushel. And as per usual, wheat is grown everywhere in the world, and it takes a major calamity to change the futures price. In Ontario, it doesn't look good for wheat as of October 13th, with wet weather delaying soybean harvest and delaying wheat planting. While 1 million acres is always a noble goal for Ontario wheat farmers, unless the weather breaks into a very warm November, it is unlikely we get there this year. Producers will be hoping for a wide open late October and early November in order to get it planted. Now, it cannot be emphasized enough that the Canadian dollar in the 76 range U.S. has helped Canadian domestic cash prices of grain. In the past, I've referred to it as a price mirage because 11.36 cash price for soybeans in Ontario sounds better than a 7.50 cash price in Indiana a short drive away. It's important to keep in mind that foreign exchange remains a very important factor for Ontario farmers to measure. What happens if our Canadian dollar moves aggressively toward 90 cents over the next six months to a year? Now, we all know the answer to that question. Our cash prices would move lower depending on what the U.S. futures are doing, making it much harder. Generally speaking, the value of the Canadian dollar is usually an inverse of the U.S. dollar value. However, higher Canadian interest rates can also send the loonie higher, and the Bank of Canada's signal that may in fact happen soon. It will continue to be a challenge for marketing Ontario grain, which represents a second layer of our risk management plan. With the trade war between China and the United States raging, there has been some benefit to domestic Canadian soybean prices. Now, as stated earlier, it is much more advantageous to move Canadian soybeans into China and replace those with cheaper American supplies. This has been happening, but what will not happen is for those American soybeans to be reflagged and sent to China. Chinese tariffs apply at the point of origin, so there will be none of that. Our total Canadian soybean production could supply China for maybe 20 days of their annual consumption. Needless to say, this unique market situation is increasing our soybean basis unusually in Ontario versus previous years. Canada agreed to a new NAFTA agreement last month called USMCA. Now, that is unlikely to affect grain flow, but there is an effective American veto if Canada ever signed a free trade agreement with China. That is unlikely. However, it's just another nuance of our geopolitical world, which has bit grains hard this year. Our seasonal lows look to be in on futures prices, but maybe not for our basis values, especially on corn. We've got big crops for sure. The challenge for Ontario grain farmers is to continue to work their risk management strategy within this fluid environment. There will be more marketing opportunities ahead. The planning horizon never ends. This has been the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for October and November of 2018. I'm Philip Shaw.